Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I am super excited to have you with us today. This podcast isn't just about digital marketing. It's about creating a business and a life you love on your terms. I'm here to explore how you can harness the power of email marketing, newsletters, content marketing, and even artificial intelligence to create value and serve your audience in a meaningful way. And remember, this is all about you. This journey is all about finding fun, effective, and enjoyable ways to engage with your audience, build your brand, and grow your business. On this show, you'll hear from me in solo episodes where I'll share my experiences and insights, as well as conversations with successful entrepreneurs and creators who have mastered the art of digital marketing in unique ways. We'll share their stories, strategies, and case studies to inspire and educate you on your own journey. So... Are you ready to turn digital marketing into a fun journey that brings real results to your business and life? Let's do this together. Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. Hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. And we're going to jump into it today because, yeah, I don't know how, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go sideways. Let's jump in because honestly, It might seem like my best laid plans for getting the podcast back on track have gone sideways, but I assure you it's anything but. You know, I'm not going to go into a ton of uh, detail about life in this episode. It's just been a really busy couple of months uh, with family stuff, to be honest. And I've been quietly working behind the scenes. And for lack of a better description, I have been burning the boats. So, and if you're not familiar with that term, which I think we all are, but let's just better safe than sorry. The analogy, the story, I'm not, I, I should have done some more research, but here's the point. There were, um, there was a battle happening and, you know, a, a couple ships showed up with either side of the battle and the, the, I almost said the team, um, the side that ended up winning the battle had burned their boats because the only way to get home was to burn their boats so that they could take the opposing, uh, what would you call them? I don't know. Soldiers, pirates. I don't know where this theory comes from. So much for that story, but you get the point. So this episode is really for anyone who has, or has had that niggly feeling, meaning you're someone who has burned the boats, or you've got that niggly feeling in your gut and you've had it for too long about making a change in your business. It could be niching down. Maybe if it's it's a pivot to something entirely different, maybe you want to focus on a different audience or you want to try adding something brand new. And whatever it is, my goal with this episode is to both inspire you and then give you a few things you can do to get the ball rolling. One thing to remember, this is going to look completely different for each individual. I, I think with the internet, probably one of the hardest things. And you know what? Let, let's, I'm going to just get side script ranty. Look at, we haven't even gotten into this episode in a few minutes and I'm a little ranty. I get really, really tired of people who say things like, well, I've never had imposter syndrome or that doesn't happen to me. Or, you know, you've just, you've got your shit together so well that you never worry about what other people think. I'm just going to call bullshit on all of that. To me, that's another level of protection. So if you can, when those voices come in, because I do it, and, and I'm obviously speaking from my own personal experiences, you know, I've um, known people that 
just claim this. And God, this one woman I knew in Costa Rica literally gave a speech on imposter syndrome isn't real. And I'm like, you know, just because you can sell, you know, what is it, snake oil to whatever. I'm girl, I am not doing well with with the analogies today. Either way, she was a great salesperson, but it was all this surface level work. And the truth is, you know, we've all been there at some point or another. Some people are just more willing to admit it is is my two cents. Um, but anyways, my goal really is to inspire you with this. And I just want to remind you not to compare your pivot, your burning of the boats. It could be huge. It could be subtle. It could be a test. You don't have to share it with anybody. You can share it with the world, but it has to work for you, right? So for me, on one hand, you know, I think about the burning of the boats. It feels like it's been years in the making. And in some ways, I started a little bit and I'll get into that in a second. On the other hand, I made this decision fairly quickly because of the level of focus and structure that I've implemented. And, you know, it it is, here comes another analogy, but I think I can get this one right, is what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I don't know that it matters. It's, It's doing the work to get to that pivot, to that change. You know, I have a friend that has really been trying to do something online for a long time and has given this a little bit of a try and given that a little bit of a try and you know, she says, well, I think I'm the anomaly. I don't have a passion or a thing I'm good at or a thing I love. And the thing is, you won't until you do it. You have to put in the work to find it. And that doesn't mean you look and consume and research. You pick something and you start doing the work. You guys, when I started my business 2008, I did not, I mean, I, I didn't have What's how do I want to say this? You know, I started blogging, but it sounded horrible. <laughs> I was so robotic initially. And I never thought of myself as someone who enjoyed writing. I did fine in school. I could, you know, knock a paper out and get an A and all of that. But I have fallen in love with writing. And I did that through podcasting because <laughs> it may not sound like it, but I have fully written out this podcast episode before recording. Because when I do solo shows, I have a tendency, as you can tell already, I don't know how many minutes we're into this, I don't have that window open, but <laughs> you know, I go off script and I need to bring myself back. And I know that's how I talk. I know that's my energy. That's how my brain works. And that, that works for me. So my point, though, is I, I fell in love with writing because I started writing my show notes out first. And it's then I got into email marketing and I started enjoying the, the craft, the mastery, the understanding of, of putting stuff together. And so remember that if you have that niggly feeling, if you've got something in your gut saying, I know there's more, and I, 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 I'm going to keep adding in these pre-qualifiers because I'm, I'm getting to this point where I just want to start calling bullshit on a lot of stuff. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with wanting more, okay? And the spaces that I've been in, there is this, oh, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to do it for the money because internet marketers have ruined a lot of that. I want to do it to have more time with my family. Well, but more money will give you that, you know? And so you're more just like your pivot is going to look completely unique to you, right? Do not let the haters who think wanting a significant income is selfish, greedy, egotistical, whatever. 
I don't know any single person on the planet personally that if I said to them, what if you could double your income would say no, 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 that that's, you know, that that's not um, altruistic enough. All right. This is we're gonna this is gonna be a fun episode, I think, because I kind of feel like I'm not sure where it's gonna go. All right. Let's jump into the burning the boats. So the first time I burned the boats in my business was when I pivoted from the WordPress check to my personal brand. It was back in 2018 and I knew it was time. In fact, it was probably time a few years prior to that, but I didn't have the clarity or the courage until 2018. And I really had to just draw a line in the sand to make that happen. During the last few years as a WordPress chick, I felt like I was in a box. I felt very limited. I didn't want to create any more how-to WordPress tutorials. I didn't want to be doing any more client work, i.e. no more websites. Since that pivot, I have done client work, but it's been copy, believe it or not, or email marketing, you know, email um, sequences. And I didn't want to continue creating content about plugins or themes, which is what I had been doing up to that point. I had changed the tagline on my website to a place where WordPress and marketing collide, which I loved. But at the time, and maybe it still is, I am—I have a ton of friends in the WordPress space. I love WordPress. I love them all. And I am happy to support them in any way that makes sense and is in alignment with my audience. But, you know, WordPress was so anti-marketing because God forbid you made a living in a space, in that space, that wasn't development or service work. Uh, And I didn't feel like dealing with the trolls. And I had my fair share in that space. I truly did. And, you know, when I claimed that name, the WordPress chick, which was, you know, a little gutsy if you think about it, it was totally ignorance was bliss. I was just like, oh my God, I love this. I love WordPress. And then the chick was great. Now, mind you, I also registered a zillion other chick names. I actually started as the self-help chick. Um, But, you know. I digress. I have merged the self-help stuff into everything I do. Um, you know, but what I loved doing when I was in that space, the, the longer I was in it was I loved creating content and I loved, I was falling in love with marketing. And the more I learned about it, the more I loved it. And so, gosh, you guys, in so many ways, I held myself back when I was a WordPress chick because there was such a self-righteous anti-marketing stance. I avoided trying things or going deeper with marketing strategies. I'd do the surface work and I'd get some results, but they were not the results I truly wanted. I was trying to please everyone but myself. I didn't want to make the trolls mad and now just fuck them. Sorry, guys. I I, I should do a, uh, maybe, well, I'll do an explicit rating because I think that might fly out of my mouth quite a bit during this episode. Um, If I could go back and tell myself anything, it would be to only pay attention to people who were already where I wanted to be. You guys, there wasn't anyone in the WordPress space that was doing what I wanted to be doing. So why did their opinion matter to me? Here's another way to look at this. And this is a quote from Darren Hardy. I've shared this in a recent, recent newsletter. And it is to never take advice from somebody you wouldn't trade places with. I had no desire to be a developer. I'd actually gone early, early on to an in-person CSS class. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like things lit up for me when I launched the WordPress Chick podcast because I got to be, you know, I stepped outside from behind the computer. And I'm sure I've shared this, you guys, on the podcast before. I was a speech major in college for a while. I gave a speech at my high school graduation, and I truly wanted to be a motivational speaker. I wanted to be on stage. Do I want to be that today? 
Maybe, but maybe on different levels. I've just spent far too much time in my life, far too much of my life worrying about what other people think. I did this with, you know, I friends, um, God, my parents, huge. I adore my parents. My mother was um, just everything to me. And I'm, I'm my dad's still here. Um, my mom passed away four years ago. And, but, and, and I think people who know me and how much I love her will get this, but this is my need to pre-qualify. <laughs> my therapist said to me once, she said, Kim, the day that you can talk about your parents without pre-qualifying, huge growth. But there was a certain level of freedom when my mom passed. I was able to let go of, of, I just was able to let go of this need to make decisions that she approved of. And the crazy thing is, and I think anybody who has had that type of a dynamic where you realize you make decisions based on the approval of someone else, I never gave her the, well, not never, but when I stood firm in, in my, in my convictions, she totally supported me. Well, she always supported me, but it was when I was weak and and I don't mean that week like pathetic week, all right? But when I wasn't firm, when I wasn't confident, when I didn't come from a place of this is who I am and this is what I'm doing with my life, it was like Mama Bear came in and let's fix this. How can I help? What can we do? You should do this. You should do that. And I fed that far too long. And this might come as a surprise to people who don't know me very well or to those who I haven't allowed myself to be vulnerable with. But the truth is I'm over it. A hundred percent over it, you guys. This is probably one of my favorite things about getting older. As you start to realize that your time on this earth is actually finite, and you may have less in front of you than behind you. I mean, I don't know, maybe I will live to 106. Um, 100 is my goal. As you start to realize your time on this earth is finite, you realize it's it's time to stop playing small. And I saw another, hold on, guys, water. It's going to be about 100 degrees today, so bear with me. Um, I'm going to read this quote from Brene Brown's article called The Midlife Unraveling. If you've not read it, it's phenomenal. I have linked to it in the show notes. And I've seen her interviewed. And this is when she was hitting midlife. And this is a message to her from the universe. I'm not screwing around. All of this pretending and performing, these coping mechanisms that you've developed to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt, has to go. Your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts. I understand that you needed those protections when you were small. I understand that you believed your armor could help you secure all the things you needed to feel worthy and lovable, but you're still searching and you're more lost than ever. Time is growing short. There are unexplored adventures ahead of you. You can't live the rest of your life worried about what other people think. You were born worthy of love and belonging. Courage and daring are coursing through your veins. You were made to live and love with your whole heart. It's time to show up and be seen. Can I get an amen? <coughs> Excuse me. It that resonates deeply with me. At midlife, you know, hitting midlife, you just start looking around and you realize, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've been at this 15 and a half years. I've had amazing success. I've had really low lows. And it's just time. And the the um interview I saw with Brene Brown was it it's straight up. I'm not fucking around anymore. That's what the universe is saying at this point. All right. So what was the catalyst to all of this? And 
books, guys. I'm such, you know, I always judge myself. Well, I did. I did judge myself. I'm done with that also. I would judge myself because I'm constantly feeding stuff into my brain. I'm a consumer of learning. Um, I, I love things that fuel me. And so books, audios, podcasts, you know, case studies. I love that stuff because it's literally, think of it this way. It's kind of just like you would put gas in a car. You need it to go. That's what gets me going. Now, if I were only doing that and not implementing, then that'd be an issue. But now I, that is 100% my fuel on top of rest and all that good stuff. All right. So the catalyst for this was a letter I wrote to myself from my future self. In May of this year, early May, I took a uh, road trip to Lincoln City on the coast of Oregon to meet up with two dear friends. What up, Liz and Tess? I don't know if you guys are listening to this, but I tell you, this is the amazing thing about the internet, you guys. I was I was talking to my dad this morning. He's like, I heard you on the phone. I said, oh, I was on Voxer with, with my friend Leslie, and she's in Scotland. And how amazing, right? Like, think about the times we're living in that, one, I can talk to anybody all over the world at any time, just whatever. It's huge. Um, and but like getting to connect with people who become true, like real life, important people. Um, so that's what these two women have become. They are friends I connected with online years ago. So we finally met in person. And I chose to drive from California because I thoroughly enjoy quiet time in the car to listen to podcasts and books or just be quiet with my thoughts, which, you know, God bless some guys when I'm in the car with my dad, he just doesn't stop talking. I remember my mom saying she would tell him. Right. I, I just, I can't talk anymore. You can keep talking, but I can't respond. She would literally tell him that. And it's, it's hysterical. You guys, I can go weeks without having to talk to people at all or be social. I, I, you know, I talk to people with work all the time, but, um, my dad will talk to anybody anywhere and loves company for everything <laughs> moving on. So the drive was between 10 to 11 hours. So it was really easy to get an entire book in on the drive home. The book I listened to that inspired the letter from my future self is Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And I'm going to just keep talking about it. I, I think I may even do, which I haven't I haven't tried it yet, guys. And I think I need to get the uh, physical book as much as I'm really trying to say, Kim, you already have the Kindle and the audio, what you don't need the physical book, but it helps me to write. And I actually bought a Kindle scribe at Christmas, which is amazing. And I wish the iPad felt that smooth to write on. Um, Let's hope that they get there. But anyway, Um, and I thought, okay, I'll use this to write notes and I can send myself back and forth because I am such a believer in pen to paper, the actual physical act of writing. Moving on. You're going to hear a lot about this book. And I keep thinking I want to doodle or illustrate some of the uh, concepts, the frameworks and the messages in this book. Anyway. So I dated the letter December 31st, 2023, which was seven months in the future at the time. And I'm not going to share or read the full letter here, but this is how it starts. And you guys, this was one of those moments when it was so free flowing. It, it just, what do they call that? Free writing where you just free, uh, um, God, was it, um, something consciousness <laughs> anyways. Wow. I don't know about recording on Sundays, but either way, um, it, it flowed out of me. It was like, I didn't pick up the pen. I just kept going. And it was, it was a really great experience, but here's how the letter starts. Girl, all caps. Okay. So it says, girl, 
What an amazing year. I'm writing to you on the morning of New Year's Eve, 2023. I'm enjoying a quiet morning with my coffee, overlooking the ocean, reflecting on all this year has brought us. I mean, that just sets the tone, does it not? But taking the time to put that down on paper, to put down on paper what I wanted to achieve from that place of already having achieved it, just lit something up in me. And we're going to talk in a minute about, uh, you know, goal setting and all of that too, because I've my opinions have gone up, down, sideways in circles, and I just do what works for me now. But because of that book and what it did for me was, then I went down this rabbit hole with books co-authored by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. And I've implemented a handful of things that deeply resonate with me. And I highly recommend... So Ben Hardy is doing a 10x is easier than 2x series on YouTube. And it's great because they're not quite daily, but he does one or two a week sometimes. And I take action. And before I get into my goal setting and intentions, process experience, all the, the whole nine yards, what I've been doing you guys, I journaled on and off, but I am a, a doodler and I like just, I, when I get into really strict structure, I totally go into resistance. So it has to be what I call a gentle structure. And I had ordered a daily passion planner. I think passion planners are fantastic. I love what they've done, but there's all many, all many, you guys, this is what happened. I should practice talking. I should at least do, I don't know talk to the dogs more before I record. Um, But the passion planner, there's almost too many prompts for me. And so I was finding myself trying to fill in things that I didn't necessarily want to be doing. I also know I'm a little bit anti-systems that feel like part-time jobs. So what I'm doing, and this was from maybe be a future self. I should probably listen to that book again. It'd be interesting to see what I pick up on a couple months later. Um, I think it's a 10 X is easier than two X. So what, here's the end of my day. Here's my review. I literally three things I'm grateful for three wins for the day. And now I've added in the three things I'm going to do the next day. That's it. And, and I use the journal throughout the day as I'm listening to stuff or something resonates with me, but I don't know. I've been at it five, six weeks at least. And haven't missed a day. And it is, it's like compounded interest, right? It just starts compounding. And to me, that is so simple. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about goals and intentions. And I've, I've talked about intentions before. And I think I I almost came up, I almost said intentional actions. There's something about that that resonates with me. So in my early twenties, I I discovered Tony Robbins and his personal power tapes. Don't judge me. Um, And yes, I literally ordered them off of a late night infomercial. Guthy Ranker, right? I'm totally dating myself. Um, But I proceeded to consume everything I could find as it related to motivation and business. Anybody remember Nightingale Conant? They were like one of the biggest publishers of all of that type of material. And at the time, I I spent about 10 years in a national bookstore chain. It was like the third largest one. And, you know, I started as a a clerk my senior year in high school and then was a district manager by 26. And I was very driven. And um, so I, I just went down this crazy rabbit hole because here's the thing. 
if you don't know there's another way to think or be, we just, this is the matrix, right? This is the red pill, blue pill thing. And it was the first time I had been exposed or become aware of, of a different way of thinking and believing and, and being that could shift the trajectory of my life. And I mean, I listened to them all, you guys, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Dennis Whiteley, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, you get the point. Um, I don't know if I ever listened to Og Mandino, but one of a book I loved, and I haven't read in a long time either, is The Greatest Salesman in the World. And it's a parable. And there's like 10, 10 scrolls that this guy comes across. And the one that sticks out the most was, I will greet this day with love in my heart. And I, you guys, I say that almost daily to this day. And I mean, we're talking 30 years later. Anyway, I want to point something out too. So notice how these are all men. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone for a minute, but I'll get back to it because Brene Brown, I think we're probably close in age, uh, wasn't, her work wasn't available. Liz Gilbert, like uh, anyway. I don't remember when it was exactly, but in my late 20s, I found Dr. Wayne Dyer and it felt like coming home. I remember reading his erroneous zones, uh, error, the ways in which we error, right? Um, But I remember reading erroneous zones and I was like, this is so fascinating. But what was really cool about finding Wayne Dyer too, rest in peace. I literally cried when he died, you guys. And I think it was, God, when did he die? Sometime in the last 10 years? five, six, something like that. Anyway, um, was even to watch the evolution of his career. And that's what, that, that's what excites me the most about this. Like, and I promise (laughs) I'm trying to stay on track, but you know, there's a lot of people, influencers and whatnot in the digital marketing space. And, how many people I started following and then you don't because they're still doing the same thing. And that's great. They know their niche and they know their market. And I'm drawn to people who grow and evolve and change because that's what I want. And I'm going to talk about an amazing example that Dr. Benjamin Hardy gives in the book. Um, But anyway, Wayne Dyer's crew really did that too. Started out, he was teaching, he was a professor and a psychology professor. He had a counseling practice and he went from, more of a um, clinical view on things to an incredibly spiritual view. And he had such a beautiful way of bringing spirituality, personality, ego, humor. I mean, he was incredibly funny and real life examples into his work that I always, I just felt like he was speaking directly to me. I loved this. Um, oh, I, you know what I'm, I'm picturing guys is something that is moldable, you know, like, I don't know, but, but gentle, not, hard, like silly putty, Play-Doh maybe, softer, right? But where you can combine all these things and mold it into what works for you. Anyway, and you know, I actually saw him live in San Francisco every chance I could. Um, I have a few books signed by him. And the year after my husband passed away, I had tickets to go see him at uh, the St. Francis Hotel in downtown San Francisco. My mom went with me and it was a, a small room. I mean, maybe a couple hundred people. Um, And I stood in line to talk to him. And I told and I thanked him for his work because it got me through the one of the hardest years of my life. God, it makes me want to cry. (laughs) Um, And he said, 
he's still here with you, you know, and he hugged me and just, ah, beautiful soul. Anyway, so his work felt like one big permission slip to me that, that basically said, you can take your foot off the gas pedal a bit and you can get to where you want to go in a gentler manner. And it's funny because there's also (laughs) this other side of me that's a little bit of a hard ass. And I just pick and choose now. And I, and I know myself well enough to know, but the truth is I love living from this gentle, trusting place of ease. And as someone who thrived on being productive and really and truly associated a ton of my value with how much I accomplished, it was not an easy transition to go from how productive could I be? How much could I get done? And I got a lot of validation from that. And people are like, oh my God, I'm tired just listening to you. And it was like, I could do more, you know? <laughs> now I'm all, yeah, I want to watch Netflix for a while. Um, but so fast forward to starting my business in 2008, and without realizing it, I was back to listening to men tell me how things should be, be done, internet marketers. And I was so excited about the possibilities of having an online business and, and what that could bring me and being able to be around for my kids that I just wasn't aware that I was on autopilot. Again, here's what I'll say to that also. I, I truly believe that we are, you know, we do the best we can with the knowledge we have at the time. And another element to the 10x is easier than 2x is being able to reframe how we look at things in terms of the past, you know, and talking about being your future self, you have to learn to think differently and operate from a different place. And so I'm not judging myself for anything. But I found myself creating and setting goals in a way that was portrayed as the only way to do if you want to do this, you have to do this because that's marketing, right? And all right, here's a little out there question for you guys. And I would love to know your thoughts on this is, you know, when you look at who has controlled the narrative of things and it works, you know, we get into this, well, they've all done that to get here. Okay. And let's, let's do another story moment. I mean, Roger Bannister in the four minute mile. Never been done, can't be done. But when you look at who has controlled the narrative, like I always jokingly say that, and and, and this is not a dig, guys, um, uh, as, as pro-women as I am, I am not anti-man in any way, shape, or form. But when you look at advertising and marketing and the people who created the narrative and what works, there, there's that's the data we have. Now, and this is a totally silly extreme, but had we had Buddhists running marketing and advertising, it would also look very different. And what I find fascinating is, you know, when I started getting into copywriting and trying to understand psychology and or buyer psychology, which by the way, off script, if you're not subscribed to Why We Buy by Caitlin Burgoyne, I'm on a mission to get her on the podcast. Um, subscribe to it. It's understanding why we do what we do. And that's when marketing stopped feeling icky to me. Just a side note. So when you start getting into the psychology of behavior, it's fascinating. But the point being, just because something has been done one way, and that's what worked, doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. But that's where I felt like I was stuck. And so, you know, I felt like I had to do this in order to achieve that. And, you know, 
productivity and goal setting and all of that to me feels tired, but it's because I'm in this space. To other people, it may not, or people who don't aren't aware of the people that teach that and talk about that. And you know, so in terms of all of that, I always come back to, I mean, it's just asinine. When you think about it, like there were no productivity gurus or books or systems 150 years ago. How did people do anything? How how did, you know, like, stop and think about it. How did Rockefeller build an empire? How did, look at Napoleon Hill or whatever. And again, man, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, you guys. I'm just, oh, again, welcome to 53. I don't know what else to tell you. But you don't need to do what doesn't feel right to you, is my point. Do what feels right to you, make a commitment, stick with your convictions, and let go of the rest. You guys, I use Notion, but honestly, I cannot put my life in Notion. It's just, it, it feels like a fucking waste of time to me <laughs> when I can sit and write in pen and paper and I get more accomplished. Anyways, I, I do like Notion, but I'm not ever going to be one of those people that everything I do is is within Notion. Anyway, all right, <laughs> let's get back to business. So back to the 10x is easier than 2x and my up and down goal setting. So we're all familiar with the 80-20 principle, right? Pareto principle, which states that 80% of outcomes or outputs result from 20% of all causes or inputs for any given event. So I'll use myself as an example with this is that, you know, I've got, let's say I work nine to five, whatever. Sometimes it's eight to six, sometimes it's eight to two and I take a nap and then I work again, whatever. That's why I love what I do. But it's, yesterday's a great, here we go. Yesterday's a great example. I'm recording this on a Sunday. I wrote this, the show notes on a Saturday because I am like, let's get back on track. And I just sat and wrote. So this podcast was the 20% of my day. And, you know, whether or not you work on the weekends, I had a couple afternoons last week where I was just, I had weird sleep. So I love working on the weekends when I can just head down and create. I also love not working on the weekends. But anyway you know, the, the writing this episode didn't, you know, I don't know how long it took me. I should have timed that, but it could be an hour to two hours depending on my energy level, but that would be a very small chunk of my day, but it is going to garner bigger results than some of the other stuff I did. If that makes sense, pretend it's a regular work day, you know, and I wasn't you know, washing my sheets and all that kind of stuff too, but you get the point. Um, so here's the example that I love that I, that I was, um, started to mention earlier is with Ben Hardy. And he set the goal to get a six-figure book deal. That's what he wanted. So he researched what he needed to do in order to make that happen. And one of those things is he knew he needed a 100,000-person email list, which, wow, right? So he became a prolific blogger on Medium, and he wrote for three years straight. I don't know that it was daily. I've I've gone to his Medium profile, um, and I'm going to kind of dig around and look at that. But once he got his book deal, he stopped blogging. Because he knew that in order to reach his next goal, the 20% needed to look different. And so it was time to create different behaviors to, to, to make the next thing happen, right? And so what I love about this example is that it challenges everything we've been told about growing an online business. It has been drilled in my head, I'm sure you too, to be consistent, be consistent, which yes, you need to be consistent. But that doesn't mean 
you have to be consistent with the same things that got you here forever, right? I mean, you guys, I toyed around with, I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I should stop podcasting. I'm like, Kim, you love this. Just get back on track, right? Or it's the reason I haven't jumped back into YouTube and video, which is going to shift with this new direction I'm heading. And because it, my personality suits it, I love it. I love the engagement. And I, hopefully you guys can hear the commitment and the passion and the conviction in my voice. And that's where I think video would be, would be key for me. But I've not really done much with it since I was the WordPress chick because I didn't know what that would look like. And that's okay. And so here's this window of what, five years where I do an interview here and there and post a podcast interview, but I didn't know how I wanted to show up and who I wanted to be and who I wanted to speak to from a video place, but that will look different. And, you know, the other piece that I love that he shared is, you know, this is kind of like that 10,000 hour rule, which by the way, did you know that is not based on any sort of data or facts? Learn that from him. Um, but that says you have to do something for 10,000 hours to get good. And obviously if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're probably going to get pretty good at it. But what if it took you less than 10,000 hours? You know, so some of this, I'm hoping to challenge you to th- to question some of these things that either get in your way or it's a belief you've bought into, but it doesn't resonate with you. That's kind of my point with that. All right. So let's talk about goals again. Sorry. I need a little sip of water here. Why does my voice sound? You know, what's crazy. (laughs) This has got to be the most random episode I've ever done. I just forgot how dry California is. And I've got, I'm sitting here looking at a humidifier that is not on in my room. Um, But this so the the first catalyst, I should say, was that letter, a letter from my future self, as though these things have come to fruition, right? The other thing that I did is I set a big goal for myself. One of the things I love most about the 10X book is that it's this incredible marrying of psychology, spirituality, and neuroscience, meaning it is not just another high achieving dude telling you to hustle. It's not like it, it, it just pulls us in. I was telling my daughter the other day, I said, you know, if I had a desire to go back to school, I don't, although I might for shits and giggles, take a class here and there. I was actually thinking, Kim, take, get, take some online Spanish classes. I know I can do Duolingo, but anyway, it, it's just, um, I, if I, if I could go back to if school or if I wanted to, I think I would study neuroscience. I'm incredibly fascinated with what they're they're figuring out Dr. Joe Dispenza or Dr. Tara Swart and now Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I don't want to get a PhD, so I'll leave that alone. But um, but what I realize is that I've been playing small. And this, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to keep coming back to, please let go of any preconceived ideas that playing small equates to, it, it has to look like this big, busy life. And for myself, I always associated a big life with more work. Like if I wanted to create, you know, a certain level of income, I have to have this huge team and I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's like, says who? Says who? And here's another little uh, side note, (coughs) excuse me, is in the 10X, 10X, Dan Sullivan and... Ben Hardy have written three books together. They have 10X is easier than 2X. That's the latest one. 
the gap between the gap and the gain and who not how. And so Dan Sullivan is the creator and founder of Strategic Coach, which I think is one of the biggest coaching. Was it a school? I haven't even dug into it. I had a friend that was doing it. But um, Dan Sullivan, at the age of 71, set the goal that he wanted to write 100 books in the next 20 years. He set that goal at 71, you guys. Now, obviously, he's a writer and all that kind of stuff. But in listening to him, and I've listened to some YouTube talks and stuff that he's given also, we have these preconceived ideas that, you know, I'm the one that has to do this, 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 and this. And with the book piece of it, you know, he co-authored these books, three books with Ben Hardy, which who was that the bigger bonus for? Ben Hardy, right? As opposed to Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan pops in and Benjamin Hardy did the majority of the writing, I believe. The audiobook, he pops in at the end of every chapter and they discuss things. And so let go of preconceived ideas about how other people do things or how you think something has to be done. Okay, let's come back to the big goals. Again, and I'm going to reiterate one line from the Brene Brown quote I read earlier, and that is, your armor is keeping you from growing into your gifts. So me showing up on this podcast today, going whichever direction it takes me, I I didn't, it's not like I didn't prep, um, but I'm, I just need to be myself. And I'm so fired up about everything right now. And this, this commitment to myself to, to really show up, um, People who love it are going to stick around. If it doesn't resonate with you, that's part of this too, right? Anyways, so I set a big goal for myself to achieve. I gave my, I'm giving myself three years time and I'm not sharing this because it's very sacred to me and I will share it when I achieve it. But once I set that goal and I will say I did, I have shared it like with my therapist mentor um, and a couple people. Um, but as soon as I set that goal, it was like all this extraneous stuff, all of these distractions became glaringly obvious. And I knew it was time to let them go. You guys, and it was so easy. It was like, nope, that's not going to get you there. That's not going to get you there. That's not going to get you there. Done. I didn't explain myself. It's just done. And the beauty of this big goal is that I don't need to know how to make it happen today. I just need to know how to behave in order to become the future self who has already achieved this goal. And for what it's worth, you guys, me sharing this book, I'm, I'm certainly recovering Catholic guilty here, I'm not trying to take credit for these concepts, but reiterating them helps me really, um, you know, it's like teaching it and sharing it helps you anchor it in. Anyway, um, and I know James Clear talks a lot about this in Atomic Habits also, and it really is about creating behaviors. So, and one of the examples that was so poignant, I felt in Atomic Habits is James Clear said, you know, two people decide they're going to quit smoking. And the person who says, I'm going to quit smoking. And the other one who says, I'm not a smoker. Who do you think is going to achieve non-smoking? Right. And so it's, it's wild and it's, it's so simple, but it takes consistent practice. And that's why this little journal, I swear to God, you guys, these few little things are like just life-changing. Um, but not, I, I just, I, the other thing I said to my therapist with this was, you know, not knowing how to achieve this big goal 
makes it almost more possible to me because honestly, I'm like, well, shit, I can't screw it up. <laughs> I, I don't know how to make it happen. So I really can't get in my own way. I just need to do the things that my pers- that my future self six months from now, well, we're close to five now, um, would do to, to make those things happen because it's all part of the path. And it's, it's, there is this fierce level of focus in me that I don't think I have felt before. And I love it. And it, it's, I feel a huge shift in who I am and who I'm becoming. And the future self stuff, what I love about it too, is, you know, to remind yourself, you're not the same person you were even yesterday or a week ago. And the cool thing is this big goal then made me say, okay, well, what else is possible? And I have another goal uh, that will I want to achieve in a year's time. And we'll also share that when that's implemented and in place. And I'll look back on me a year from now. And I think now that I'm at the, what, five mark, five months till the end of the year, I'll probably write a letter from my future self dated September, 2024. <clears throat> so what does this mean for my business? And kind of a lot. First and foremost, um, I am simplifying the hell out of everything. <clears throat> I'm letting go of, of activities. Um, I don't have any calls that don't serve me, but activities, um, little side projects. I'm just letting all of it go that doesn't align with where I'm going. And the other thing is that I'm claiming that, you know, who I'm going to serve are women. And you guys, I've been so afraid to state this out loud because I've, since I started this, I've had a pretty even split of men and women on my email list and much more so probably when I was in the WordPress space. And I was just afraid of offending everyone. Sorry. (coughs) Goodness gracious. It's ridiculous because when I look at who actually buys from me, it's women. And I've not taken the time to do the math on everything, but when I run live workshops or cohorts, it is an accurate representation of my customers. I would say 95% of the people who purchase from me are women. Now, that doesn't mean men won't find value from my content or my newsletter, but I have to simply trust. And I may have shared it in the last podcast episode, but if you missed that, um, I did. I deleted 627 people from my email list. And I'm going to make sure that the follow-up sequence to the newsletter and a seven-day email course that I've created, um, it's crystal clear. And I'm going to even put it on the, the website, you know, what I do and who I serve. That sounds like even, like I wasn't going to, but bold. So people when come to my, my website, they know who I am, what I do, and how I help. Um, so here we go. I have been working on a lot behind the scenes, and I'll share more when it's ready for public debut, which is not too far away. Um, but my plan is simple. A community, group coaching, and in-person retreats. And by the way, drum roll, please. I wish I had sound effects, but I'm not going to edit them in. Um, if you haven't heard, if you're not on my email list, which just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash the spark or the homepage, either way, um, and you can get on the list. But I am hosting my first ever women's business retreat this October in Costa Rica. And you can learn more about that at Ignite Mastermind CR. So just ignitemastermindcr.com. 
And as of the time of this podcast, late July, we are half booked. There's only 10 spots. And um, my dear friend, Liz Weaver, is co-hosting with me. Um, And just through a couple emails, um, I I sold just to reaching out to people. Um, We have already gotten deposit. So uh, yeah, there's only five spots left. And I think I'm going to do an entire episode about that next week. So you can hear more about that and the reason behind it and what I want it to feel like and be and all of those things. Um, but in terms of my business, so again, community, group coaching, in-person retreats, that's all I'm ready to share here now, but all will be revealed and launched in late August. Um, I'm very clear on the things I love doing and I'm focusing on those things only. Now, that being said, I will say that another commitment I made to myself is to, is paid traffic. And so, as much as I don't necessarily love Facebook ads, I love the results they can bring. And so I will be, uh, you know, I've got scheduled in blocks of time every week to, to go through the course I have. And I mean, I, I tested some ads last month, I think for create it and, um, the traffic ads worked, the sales conversions weren't great, but I think that was more because I had used the pre-sales landing page as opposed to redoing the sales page. Note to self, don't be lazy. Um, but uh, this all stemmed, you guys, all of this stemmed from making a commitment to myself to create the extraordinary life I want to create and live. So, you know, really saying out loud, and I, I just, I'm on a mission to get more women to claim what they want. and. That, how do I want to say this? You know, before well, I leave Costa Rica, February, um, I'd spent a couple days with my therapist mentor and 20 years, my senior and a couple of her friends. And oh my gosh, this is a super off script side note before I forget. There is a great podcast that I found called, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Um, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus and it's called Wiser Than Me, where she sits down with older women and has these amazing conversations. And I hope she does more. It looks like it was like a spring thing. Maybe it was uh, um, like a season or something. I hope more come, but fantastic. Anyways, but I, I told my therapist, I said, you know, thank you for being such a role model and for modeling actually that there's a different way to do things and there's a different way to live your life and to get to see um, more women her age that are just down in Costa Rica. She's married and she goes back and forth and all this stuff. But man, it's, it's fantastic. And, and so that's another thing I would highly recommend is get out of your space. Um, get out of the same space you're in. And I have a tendency to how, how I do that. You know, I subscribe to emails, newsletters, whatever. Um, but I kind of, I end up going, Oh, that looks interesting. And then I click and then I click and those rabbit holes happen. And I structure in that time, you guys, in my morning when I'm having my coffee and I'm going through emails or I'm reading things or Medium is a great place to source that kind of content. And it's just, I get a daily digest from Medium. So oh, just be open, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Anyways, so in terms of my content, I'm going to continue talking about marketing with an emphasis on email marketing and newsletters, um, as well as mindset and probably a little bit of spirituality. I have incorporated some of that into my content in the past. I've talked about mindset a lot, but it's probably going to be less subtle I'm also going to be doing as much as I can to highlight, share, and support women in this space. 
It doesn't mean I'm only going to talk about women or only have women on the podcast, but I do feel this deep pull and quite honestly, a responsibility to do what I can to raise the awareness of women in this space. I have been incredibly fortunate to connect with many amazing men in this space who have become dear friends, and I'm always going to share anything of value to my audience, regardless of gender. But I do think this is time, and some of you may or may not know this, but when I started in 2008, um, did I start? I started for, okay. I had a Facebook group called the women of internet marketing. And at the time I really wasn't sure what to do with a Facebook group. And I, I just, I just wasn't, and I wasn't, I don't, I don't know what just wasn't meant to be, but it, it actually grew, but then it became a real, um, Oh God, it was just, it was such a spammy site for like MLM and network marketing and direct sales and, God bless you if that's your jam and it works for you. But to have people in a community pitching, join my opportunity, I just lost my mind. Uh, but I, I handed the group off to somebody else. I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to clean this up. So I started that because at the time, like I had this poll, I'm like, everything is men. Everything is men. I'd even subscribed to, and I don't even remember what it was called, but somebody had created a continuity program where you got shipped two DVDs a month which are very cheap to produce, but meaning, anyways, you can go to Kanaki, K-U-N-A-K-I, if you ever want to produce a DVD. Um, But um, all of the interviews were also just of male internet marketers. And I was like, what is going on here? So then in 2010, I decided I was going to make a movie called Women in Business 2.0. And some of you may remember this, I was talking to my friends, Liz and Tess, and Liz was like, I didn't know you made a movie. And oh my God, you guys, that was, that was a lot. And connected with these two guys um, who reached out to me about doing their website. Well, they were doing movies and they were doing sort of the documentary style. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie, the heel documentaries on Amazon, if you've ever seen that. Um, but they'd go and they'd interview like a, a you know, a bunch of people in, it was the spiritual space. And so they said, Hey, do you want to barter? And I'm like, what do you mean? Cause I think I told them, I said, I had this idea for a movie with women in this space and yeah, 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 that's great. So a week before you guys, I went and I scheduled interviews. I had like 10 interviews lined up in Los Angeles. And I was going down there. Um, the guy, one of the guys who was supposed to be going with me for all of this comes to my house and says, I can't go with you. I'm losing my house, but here's the camera and here's the equipment and here's how to do it. And I was like, what? Oh my God, you guys, I scrambled and (laughs) this is so funny. This is hysterical to me today. I wouldn't think twice about it, but you know, what are you going to do? I was, God, that was 13 years ago. Anyway, I literally had one of my neighbors come so he could pose as my, um, my camera guy. Uh, to the one interview I did have in the Bay Area. And there were some big names. I mean, Allie Brown, Fabian Fredrickson, Mari Smith, Denise Wakeman. Um, Deborah Condren was one of the Bay Area. She's a, um, a bestselling author. You know, so it was this, com- it was it was incredible, right? And, but, oh my God. Anyways, it was such an experience then to find someone to edit. And it was, it was costly. It didn't do what I wanted to do. I didn't have enough. I, I probably pushed the marketing out too quickly. My point in sharing that story, besides the fact that I lost my shirt on it, one, I did it. I just went full force and I did it unapologetically. And I I never regret those decisions. Um, 
But my point is that I've had this pull to connect with and support other women. And I will support anybody, regardless of gender, when you're doing good things in the world. And I believe that. And it's also time to call out a little bit of the inequalities. And I don't want to, I'm not going to ever become a political person. And I obviously have my own opinions in politics, which are probably fairly obvious, but um, I believe in kindness that that's kind of, that's kind of my rule of thumb and being kind. And I just don't believe in putting time and energy into things that make me feel like crap, (laughs) which would be news and being crappy. So Again, I know I've shared this quote many times in the podcast, but Mother Teresa, when she was asked to march against the war in Vietnam, said no. But if you have a march for peace, I will be there. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with all of this. But you guys, I'm friggin' excited. That's it. I'm just incredibly excited. I am fired up. I'm committed. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun five months for lack of a better word. And on that note, um, I want to just wrap this up. I'm circling back up to the beginning um, where I said I wanted to give you a few things you can do to get the ball rolling. And Benjamin Hardy is a huge proponent of journaling. And you don't have to journal from the place of spending an hour every day reflecting and writing and whatever, you know, because honestly, you guys, as much as I love drawing and doodling, it's a huge part of me. Like, that's why I kind of hate using my phone too. anything that requires me to use my hands more than I have to just because I'm on the computer so much. um, I get a little bit hesitant about but I would try start with, you know, if you could one, if you've never done the ideal everyday, everyday day exercise, do that. What is your everyday day look like? What time do you get up? What, you know, how do you start your day? How late do you work? Do you take a break? Do you really just map it out like perfect and go back to that place of curiosity that children have that, you know, like when you're a kid, you just, you don't, you don't, you just go grand, big, delicious, magical, right? Do that. Okay. With the everyday day. And then I would say if I could only pick three to five activities in my business, what would they be for me? It's writing creating, connecting, and recording, maybe. Um, I, I, I'd love it. I, I love doing it. I will be hiring. It's, 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 the, last, it's the last thing I do. Um, I mean, I've got a developer and a designer I work with for me, but um, it's time to get admin off my plate and structure things a little bit differently. But, you know, really look at if there are certain things I could do And then lastly, if you're so inclined with this journaling, I swear to God, you guys, those three little things and Benjamin Hardy references is Jim Collins, right? Good to great, where if you have more than three goals, you you don't have, it's not going to happen. And he he says that much more eloquently, but, um, and it doesn't mean you can't have more goals, but your focus should be on those. And um, so just try that three things I'm grateful for three things, three wins today. And what are three things I'm going to do tomorrow? Um, and please make this work for you. God bless her. I love Mel Robbins. She did a whole podcast episode on how we're doing gratitude wrong. And I'm like, fuck off. There, there's no such thing. I, you know what? Like, don't make me start thinking about doing gratitude wrong. It just, it pissed me off and I love her to pieces, but no, there's, there's no such thing as doing gratitude wrong. 
do what feels right in your heart. And on that note, because I'm starting to rant again, um, I love you guys tons. As always, thanks for listening, sticking around. And I'm going to catch you next week because, girl, man, I'd I'd sing this girl is on fire from Alicia Keys, but I won't do that to you. So have a wonderful day and I'll catch you next time.